Luke chapter 15, in my flesh, I hesitate to preach such from a familiar passage of scripture. But I'm telling you Friday, I mean Friday, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is what I want for Tuesday morning. And I know it's not going to be anything you haven't heard, but I'm going to obey the Lord. I have to do that and I want to do that. And so uh, you forgive me of the familiarity of it, uh, but ask God to use us this morning and that he will do that. Look in verse 12, and he said, or verse 11, he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, there he wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there rose a mighty famine in the land. He began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. I'm going to stop reading there. If the Lord would help me just for a little while this morning... I want to preach on what you can expect by being a prodigal. What you can expect by being a prodigal. Now, can I say first of all that a prodigal is one who is reckless. The Bible said that he wasted his substance. Reckless means to be wasteful. A prodigal is one who wastes his time. He wastes enjoying being around the things of God. He's reckless. Uh, Can I say number two that a prodigal also is one who is rebellious. You see, he commanded his father. We live in the same day where children tell their parents uh, what to do. They tell them when to pick them up and when to drop them off. They tell them where to take them. uh, And we've got it backwards. Uh, uh, The children don't command the parents. Uh, The parents command the children. Amen. I was preaching several years ago and this lady told me, uh, she said I was at my great-grandson's birthday party yesterday. He was either seven or eight years old uh, and his mother cooked a meal for him uh, and for the party and he got mad and said that isn't what I wanted. You get back in that kitchen uh, and cook what I want. You know what I'd have done? I'd have whooped him till the smoke alarm went off uh, and then praise God he'd have sat down and ate what I put there. Amen. Can you imagine an eight-year-old boy uh, telling his mama that? Uh, God help you teenagers if you tell your mama and your daddy what to do, especially when daddy ain't around uh, and you're smart off to your mama. I'm uh, telling you, uh, God uh, will get you uh, and take care of you. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. God help us. A prodigal's a rebellious individual. Can I say number three, he's one who is running, always running, never satisfied. That's why he went to the far country. I want you to know I'm satisfied with Jesus this morning. I'm glad he knows my name. Hallelujah. I'd rather be an old-time Christian. You're looking at one of the satisfied young men. I'm telling you, it'll do you good to stay with God and stay with the church. He'll make your life worth living. Hallelujah. 
Amen. He's one who is running. He's one who is restless, never satisfied, never can fit in at the church because he's not right with God. Can't fit in the world because he's, he's saved and he don't fit in good. I'm going to give you these things and then we'll go to the house. Number one, what you can expect by being a prodigal is a suffering relationship with your father. Uh, that earthly father. You see, uh, Pastor, no doubt, he got tired of daddy's rules. Uh, you better thank God for some rules. I, I know, Brother Caleb, uh, you've cut my grass, and, and I know uh, you didn't have a phone. And you probably wondered, how come my parents won't give me a phone? I'll tell you why. Because I was preaching a youth revival or a youth camp and a 13-year-old boy got up and said, I'm ashamed of what I've been looking at my phone. You better thank God you got some parents that have some rules and regulation. The reason why this boy wanted to leave the house, he got tired of being told what to do. You better thank God your parents love you enough uh, to set some rules uh, and regulations in your house. Amen. Amen. He got tired of the rule. He got tired of the religion. He, he got tired of it always being about God and the Bible. You see, when you're a prodigal, you don't want to hear the Bible. Uh, you don't want to hear uh, preaching all the time. Uh, you say, my goodness, another second week of revival every morning and night. Uh, that's a prodigal. Uh, someone right with God said, hallelujah. Uh, we get to get in the presence of God every morning and every night. What a blessing, amen. Oh, yes, sir. He didn't like uh, he didn't like his daddy's righteousness. He didn't like the fact uh, that daddy uh, never let him have his way better be glad that daddy don't let you have your way. Amen. He had a suffering relationship, but not only with his earthly father, but with his heavenly father. You know, I'm glad, Brother Laddie, I had a good relationship with dad. See, listen to me, young people, especially you that say you're called to preach. And I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying you that called to preach, you young people. You'll never be right with your parents or right with God if you're not right with your parents. You, 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 can, you can claim and get up and preach, but if you smart off to your mom and you smart off to your dad, I'm telling you, God is not going to put that hand upon you. Uh, if you'll roll them eyes uh, and you'll get, you get rebellious and you don't like that, I'm telling you, you've got to have a right relationship uh, uh, with your earthly father if you're going to have one with your heavenly father, amen. I got most of my teeth. I got one pulled yesterday. But you know what dad told me? He said, if you ever smart off to me, he said, I'll knock all your teeth out. <laughs> we six, I was 16 years old. I was sitting at the table, and I said something smart to him. He backhanded me, about knocked me off of the seat. You know what it did? It didn't make me angry. It broke my heart that I had smarted off to my dad. And I went and found him later on that afternoon, but Samuel, and I said, I'm sorry. Of course, you know, Dad, he cried and shouted, and we had a time, praise God. But the truth of the matter is, I don't want to suffer from relationship with my heavenly Father. Amen. I'm glad that though my dad is gone, I have a heavenly father, thank God, who watches over me and takes
takes care of me. If you're here this morning, and I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm telling you the God of heaven said this is what you got to preach. Somebody, you're running, you're running as far as you can or you've been rebellious against your parents. It's time to get that right. Amen. Amen. He's one who suffers a relationship with his father. That's what you can expect by being a prodigal. You know, I was preaching. This is probably the only second school revival I've ever preached. But I preached a school revival several years ago in Mississippi. And I was preaching about the prodigal. And I said, especially the girls, I said, you young ladies, you better be careful telling your mama you hate her because you got mad at her. I said, because she may lose her life and that'd be the last thing you said to her. Brother Fleur, a young girl jumped up and screamed and ran out of the building. And I found out that's exactly what happened to that young girl. She had gotten a fuss with her mother that morning and she said, I hate you. She went to school and that mama had a wreck and lost her life and that's the last thing that she'll ever remember. I'm glad the last thing I remember is telling my dad that I love him and that I'll see him on the other side. The last conversation I had on that Wednesday morning, Brother Tim, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm awaiting my turn. I'm awaiting my turn. I'm glad, thank God, uh, I didn't have no bad words to leave behind. But thank God I'm looking forward uh, to seeing him on the other side. I've had a good relationship. You'll be glad. Uh, thank God when they're gone that you have uh, a good relationship with them. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm glad, thank God, that I had a good relationship. It'll suffer when you become a prodigal. Can I say, number two, that you'll have a scarred future. A scarred future. He had a longing desire to get away. That far country implies he didn't want to just go around town. He wanted to go abroad. He wanted to go see the world, see the bright lights. I tell you something, the world's not cracked up all that it says it is. It's not all that it says it is. He had a longing desire. You know what's amazing to me? And I love you young people. It's amazing to me you grow up in church and long to be what they are out there. Oh, and they who lay on the streets at night and no place to go, needle marks in their arm, long to be in a place like this uh, where there's safety and love. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, uh, just a few months ago, my, my aunt called me, my dad's sister, and she said, uh, uh, your cousin Debbie, her daughter, uh, last night, her and her boyfriend were drunk, uh, and they ran into a wall, a brick wall, and it hit uh, some kind of uh, a poor light and it caught their car on fire and they died, burned up died on fire and woke up in fire I'm telling you the devil will lie to you and he'll tell you it's wonderful out there just come, you can't wait to get out of church and away from God, I'm telling you you better stay in church and stay with God, it's the best life you'll ever live Amen. Oh, yes, sir. I'm telling you, you have a scarred future. He had a longing desire. He had lustful deeds. The older son in verse 30 said, told his daddy he's been spending it on harlots 
I'm going to tell you something. You may do some things when you become a prodigal that you'll never be able to erase. You can get right with God, but you may not get back some things you lost. You've got to be careful. I've watched people lose some things in their life. And Brother Samuel, they, they never got them back. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you know who I'm talking to this morning. The Lord knows who he's talking to this morning. You see, them, them, them lustful deeds, uh, they'll destroy you. Amen. I'm telling you, you better be careful. You better be careful. You think that's what you want. You think that's all there is in life. But I'm telling you, after the pleasure's gone and then sin, the consequences of it, they'll come home to roost. Amen. Oh, he had a scarred future. There was some lingering damage. You know, here's what the devil does. Brother Caleb, the devil will get you to get away, get you out in sin. And being saved, someday you come back and you get right. And we're glad when people do. But Brother Gravely, that mind... They've affected that mind for the rest of their life. A friend of mine, we grew up together in Cleveland. He got saved right there next to me. On matter of fact, in Sunday school, he asked me if I'd go pray with him. We went and prayed. I believe the boy is as saved as I am. Brother Samuel, he went to church, lived for God. He got out for about three years. I mean, sin, sin, sin. He had a daughter that was born. And she was not going to live. He literally, Jonathan got down on his knees in the hospital in the hallway and begged God to have mercy on this little girl. He said, if you'll do that, he said, I'll serve you. Brother Floor, you've seen it and pastor's seen it. A lot of people make promises they never keep. But that man kept that promise. He's been in church ever since. He's a deacon. He's a head usher. But he called me about four years after he got back in church. He said, man, I, I, I'm not saved. The devil's told me I, 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 there's no way I could have done that. That man called me sometimes six and seven times a day. He'd make another profession, call me back and said, no, I shouldn't have done that. You know what the devil did? He gave the devil ammunition because of what he did. The devil said, you're not saved. You, there's no way you could have been saved and done that. You see, you give him ammunition to use against you. Don't have a scarred future. I say, prodigal, turn around this morning. Run back to God. Run back to the Father. Don't let the devil ruin your life. Amen. Because he'll do it. Lingering damage. Oh, God help us this morning. The third thing you can expect is sin's fortune. You know what's going to happen? Verse 14 through 16, the funds are going to run out one of these days. He spent all that he had. When the funds run out, Brother Brian, the friends are all gone. <laughs> you think you got friends until the money's gone. There's a day that the party's over. You listen to me? I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know what's in your mind. But I'm telling you, you better run back. 
And maybe this morning, it's, maybe it's preventive maintenance for some who's been a thinking about it. See, that's the things the preacher said. We don't know what's been going on in your mind, but God does. And I said, Lord, that, that, that message has been, people have preached that all. He said, I don't care. That's what you're going to preach Tuesday morning. You see, you know what? Not only the friends are gone, but then the famine comes. He said, there's a famine in the land. <laughs> see, the devil will lie to you. Jonathan, the devil will tell you that it's, it's wonderful out there. That there's so much fun that you're going to have the time of your life. But he don't tell you that he's going to pull the rug out from underneath you. And you're going to be left with nothing. And then you come back broken. And you come back with your head down and ashamed of what you've done. And we're glad you do when you come back. But you don't have to go. You don't have to go. You don't have to go out into sin to have a testimony. The greatest testimony is you young people that stay with God and live for Jesus. Brother Fleur's testimony, I remember being around him when he was a teenager. I'm just a few years older than him. But I remember, he may not remember, but we sat around a bonfire out there at his daddy's church in West Virginia. And we took a little stick and we threw it in the fire and we told what we wanted to be. And he said, I want to burn my life for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it can be done. And thank God, it's a good life to live. I'm telling you, if you'll do it, if you'll burn your life for Jesus, you'll be glad you did. Amen. Amen. It can be done. My family's a mess. Of course, they're lost, but they have no, they have no hope. They got to scrunch around to get money to buy a Pepsi Cola. See, the devil lied to him. He told him if he'd come his way, he'd take care of him. The devil's a liar. He won't take care of you. But I can, can I tell you who will? The Lord will take care of you. I lost 14 revivals last year. And this church was part of the one who helped me. But God took care of me like I never lost one. I mean, never lost. He took care of me like I never lost one revival. <laughs> Hallelujah. He will take care. The devil won't take care of you. Brother Caleb, he will lie to you. He'll get you away from God and destroy your testimony and he'll lie to you. Who? Who's running this morning? Who's that prodigal? In your mind, you're already tuning into the far country. Hmm. Can I say, number four, we see that he seeks his father, verse 17. You know what reality makes him seek his father? He said he came to himself. Not long after he came to himself, he came to the father, amen. He realized where he was. You can never get help till you realize where you are. You know when I get the most help in my life? When I quit making excuses 
for what I am and where I'm at and just get right with God. Just say, Lord, this is just the way it is. I'm not, it isn't anybody else's fault. It's my own. Dad has messed up down through his Christian life. But you know what he was always quick to do? To get right about it. To get right. That's why he shouted. That's why he had joy. Because he always tried to keep it right. He t- <laughs> that old rotten flesh. There he is, I mean, laying in the hospital. 84 years old, he said, this old stinking flesh is still alive. That's what he said. It'll never die. But you know what you do? You realize where you're at. Where are you spiritually this morning? But not only did he realize, but you know what made him seek the Father? He remembered the Father's house. <laughs> he remembered services like this. Hey, you know what? I grew up on some services like this, and that is what has helped keep me down through the years. When that old devil said, boy, don't that look good over there? I said, yeah, but I'd rather be at the Father's house and be around the presence of God and enjoy the blessings of life. I'd rather shout the victory. I'd rather have fellowship with Jesus than anything I know. Amen. But Jason, when we remember the Father's house, the Father's house. I'd rather be here this morning than anywhere on this world. You know what made him seek the Father? He remembered his house. You know what else made him seek the Father? It's his repentance. He said, I have sinned. We even have preachers today who sin and act like it's okay. Even try to justify it. God, help us. I have sinned. Preacher, I've seen some people that when they sin, they act like it's nothing. This old boy, it broke him, Brother Laddie. He said, just make me a servant. I don't even deserve to get my whole room back. I don't even deserve to be in the house with you if you put me out there in the servants' quarters. Just let me come back home. Aren't you glad God don't treat us that way? Oh, my. How many times have I failed him? He could have thrown the clay away and been a just God. But every time that I've been serious and asked God forgive me and help me, I'm telling you, he does it every time. Hallelujah. I thank God for our heavenly Father. Amen. I'm telling you, I don't know where you're at this morning, but if you realize where you are, remember the house of God. Amen. The house of the Father. Then repent. Hallelujah. He seeks the Father. And fifthly, fifthly, he sees the Father. You know what he's seen the Father do? Running to him. Receiving him. Then robing him. Hallelujah. 